Can we start with the Down syndrome woman or no? <laughs> I, I whatever you want to put out there, man. Who was she? She is one of the Siler Sil. You know when I'm so happy about my new house? Because I don't have stairs. <laughs> uh, she is from the planet Rexacoric of Phallopatorius. And she doesn't have Down syndrome. She's not. No. And she's not Susan Boyle. No. She's just a fat Welsh lady. <laughs> we debated. I kept quitting. Like I you, know. you say we debated. No. I, I didn't believe you. That's right. <laughs> Uh, so I, I, I'm not exaggerating when I say I don't think since Lawnmower Man 2, I've ever been so confused about anything that's happened on an episode. That's exciting. I like that. Uh, so I'm like ready to go. Do you have banter or can we start? Go for it. Let's go. Okay. Like, uh, I don't understand what anything that just happened. (laughs) (laughs) That's not true. So we watched four episodes of Doctor Who. Three stories. Which I'm assuming you chose the most horror-centric-ish ones. I tried to choose a horror-centric one from each of the first three Doctors from the the reboot. Okay. Uh, The new series. And I feel like... Okay, so we had uh, Empty Child slash uh, Doctor Dances. Mm -hmm. That was one story. Yep. Blink was the second story. Correct. And uh Night Terrors. Night Terrors is the third story. Yes. I I think Blink is pretty straightforward. I get that one. Okay. Okay. Let's start with the the first story that we watched. Okay. Okay. So here is so even at the very beginning, synopsis. I'm like, what I'm sorry. Can, what can you say about a synopsis? Okay. Synopsis of this the premise is uh they're transported to 1941 mm-hmm. when the Germans are bombing London mm-hmm. um and there's a group of children that are that are homeless and presumably orphaned uh that are eating plates while everybody else is in a bomb shelter then a little boy is chasing them and they get magic the doctor throws magic stardust at them and then everything's happy okay (laughs) so let's dive into it i guess (laughs) i don't understand like i feel like it was this like the premise had me and stuff Mm -hmm. but then the big problem with this and the last episode is they started doctor whoing it and then i (laughs) And then I was like, oh, I don't care anymore because you're putting Doctor Who Stardust on this. It's not Stardust. They're nanogenes. I, okay. Anyway, so I feel like I've seen four episodes, three stories. Mm-hmm. Is that how everyone ends? Is like they just make this complicated thing, right? Like this cool premise that's complicated. They can do anything they want. And then all of a sudden they're just like nanogenes. And then everything is better. Well, no. Uh, so, The Empty Child and The Doctor Dances is my absolute favorite Doctor Who story ever. Uh, and why it's significant is, in that moment, he says, just this once, Rose, everyone lives. 
Yeah, you were giggling. I the last note that I have on this is Justin laughing. <laughs> I'm like because it's a very very important line for the series, in my mind. Uh, nine, Doctor Christopher Eggleston is my doctor. He will always be my doctor. So, and this to me is his his big moment. Oh, I thought he was terrible. I really okay. didn't like that guy. Like That's fine. I felt like he he didn't. But I don't know that either. You yeah, know what I mean? You like, don't. He was literally your first introduction to Doctor Who, and it was episode nine yeah. or episode six or whatever it is. But like. I like I felt like he was overacting. And then you said like you thought he was really subtle. Uh I think he can be. Uh why yeah, there's an episode I think 6 is called Dalek. And I think he gives a really subdued performance in there. Okay, the, so the, whatever. But before we I, I really want to figure this out. So I feel okay. like I, we gave a I gave a not great synopsis. <laughs> uh but so, okay, so stop me if I'm saying something wrong. Okay. Or we get to the point where uh, I don't, I don't know how to talk about this. Okay. Uh <laughs> sorry. That might be so much what, fun. What happened to the Moffats? Moffats? Yeah. What did, what do you mean? They were like a Hanson band. Huh? The Moffats were like Hanson. It was like a eight-year-old boys singing. They were the Moffats. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Um, so Stephen Moffat wrote the episode. Yeah, that's what made me think of it. Uh, so I was trying to figure out if the girl, the blonde girl that he was with, mm-hmm. just wore the that shirt all the time. And like it was her uniform. Mm-hmm. Like every episode, that's always what she wears. And then he like made a comp comment about it Mm -hmm. so does she wear that every time no okay this is the only story where she wears it okay um and they yeah they call it out several times so i I ask you what year it was too Mm -hmm. because there were multiple times where it looked really bad like i'm okay with the bad cgi because it can be dated but i don't know if it was just filmed in standard definition if it was my internet connection or what but there were like multiple times when it looked pretty rough what is the story there they did not have a lot of confidence at the beginning of the series, and so they did not get a lot of money. Is that what it was? Yeah. And so the Eggleston years and then the beginning of the Tenant years are definitely real bad. Because, uh, you know, they try to do some fantastical stuff, and they don't always have the effects budget. And still to this day, don't it, not everything looks great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's one it of those like popular series. It sounds like it's more about the ideas than, than anything. Yeah. Okay. So trying to dive into the story here. Mm-hmm. So they end up in in London. Right. They they're, st- they're chasing uh, a ship. They stumble across these kids. Mm-hmm. Little boy's trying to get in. He's got the gas mask. They say he's empty inside. Uh, they end up going to another doctor who has tons of the patients laying around. They have mm-hmm. the gas mask on as well. Find out that it's fused to their face. That is their face. They've got identical scars. He starts asking for mommy as well. His face turns into it. Uh, The doctor sends them to to their room because he's treating them like children. Mm -hmm. And they leave them alone. Um, Where am I at now? You're already in the second episode. But... 
But what am I missing plot-wise? I mean, this is the first Captain Jack episode, which to you is meaningless, but no. to me, he is a great character. He even got his own spinoff, Torchwood. I thought he died at the end. No, they save him. He's about oh, to die, right. and that's they right. save that's him. That's right. Uh, fun fact, at the end of this, of season one, he becomes immortal. Yeah. Aren't fun they fact. all immortal? No. You said the doctor regenerates. He does. Isn't that immortal? Uh, <laughs> so, he was supposed to only have 12 regenerations, but they kind of wanted to keep the series going, and they were... They needed, like, the 12th Doctor. Uh, and so they had to fill him with more regeneration energy. So he's not technically immortal. Time Lords can die. Okay. I'm just going to get into it. Okay. <laughs> the reason the reason that line, just this once rose, everybody lives, is so important and why I, I love it so much is the Christopher Eccleston Doctor, the, the ninth Doctor. Hold on, hold on. That's the guy that we watched in Empty. Yeah. Cha- okay. That doctor had, like, right before the series has started, uh, has ended the time war by committing genocide against his own race and the race that they were fighting, the Daleks. Because he's an alien. Yes. He's an, he's a time lord. Which is an alien. Yes. Okay. And they were fighting the Daleks, and he blew them all up, uh, and all the time lords and all the Daleks died. Except for him. Yes. Okay. And then... But who's this Jack fella? He is an American from the 51st century. With just a regular time machine? Not an alien? He used to be a time agent. So he has that wrist thing that he had. That was his... But he's not an alien. No. The doctor's the only alien. Correct. In this episode, yes. Okay. He's just out of time. But that's why it's so important because the, the the backstory of this doctor is he is dealing with the weight of having killed his entire species, being the last of his species, and then this is his only win that he gets. But so every other episode he kills people. People die around the doctor all the time. I'm just realizing that I showed you three stories where nobody dies really. Because people die in Doctor Who all the time. It's kind of crazy. They just they just die, and then he's like, "That sucks." And but we and have he, to and then save he gets the rest lackey. of the people. What? And then he just gets another lackey to follow him around, or that's not them that's dying. No, it's usually not the companion that dies. Oh, okay. Uh, so it's the token black guy. <laughs> it's <laughs> they land in a spot, and then they're like, "Hey, we're people," and they're like, "Oh, well, you probably have a problem." And they're like, "We have a problem," and then some of us die. Okay. Yeah. Um, we we can keep. I just really want to figure this out, okay. and you can keep talking, Doctor Who. Yeah. But so, I got to the point where that they are at the hospital, and he tells them to go away. Mm-hmm. Okay. They find out that they hook up with Jack, and he's trying to con them. When the space debris fell, right, it, it landed near. The little boy who's the son, we come to find out at the end, is the son of the main girl that's trying to feed the kids. Correct. 
that's where I'm lost. And then that turned him into a, a creature that makes his face mask? So, it was an ambulance. Okay. It was full of the nanogenes. Okay. It landed on an alien planet, Earth. And it looked for the first living tissue it could find. Mm-hmm. Turns out it was this dead boy. So it programmed. It's all there. This is what a species is like to that dead boy who had a collapsed lung, severe head trauma, was wearing a gas mask, and had a scar in his hand. So then those nanogenes went to repair. Because he was killed by the falling ambulance. He he wasn't killed by the, final, the falling ambulance. He was Killed he died him. near it, near okay. where it landed, and the, it was the first thing that they saw. Okay. So then it goes try to tries to heal people, and by healing them, it turns them into that thing. And that's why you can't touch it, is because those nano genes touch. Right, and then that's why it was airborne near the ship. Because those nano genes were in the air. Okay. And they figured that out because Jack fixed her hands when she was hanging on the rope right and somebody in the british army was looking at her ass through binoculars that was captain jack that was looking at her ass through binoculars oh okay he is a pansexual in every sense of the word he doesn't care if you're a man woman what species you are it doesn't matter yeah there's like a lot of gay references in that episode right because he but it wasn't even just him it was like uh what else was there? Like they had the gay blackmail thing. Gay black? Oh, yeah, the butcher. Yeah, the butcher was gonna was having sex with some so the with the, the the guy the, that from the family that his, she stole they stole food. his food from. Yeah. Um, can is there teleportation? Because yeah. I felt like at points like he just appeared places he, like he. he teleported back to a ship no he teleported more than that like his it's like he was like following the kids around the girls like he just popped up at their dinner table oh the doctor stuff. yeah he was following her yeah but he just like popped up at their table and they didn't even know he was there that's just for effect okay so he can't physically teleport no he cannot this might sound like really dumb questions no, 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 but no, you that's understand fine. how yeah. i couldn't be t- this is no, this he is can't, he can't teleport but the nano genes this is, this is everything that I hoped for <laughs> when I when I sprang this on you. Uh, I genuinely laughed when he said like those would be terrible last words. Yeah, I thought that was funny. I'll give that to you. Uh, the banana thing. Mm-hmm. He pulled out a g- gun and then a banana all of a sudden appeared Did because he teleport the doctor the banana. The, the doctor swapped. The gun with the banana. Okay, that's legitimately what I figured out was happening. Mm-hmm. But that's like a, a Leslie Nielsen, N- Leslie Neeson joke, like in a Spy Hard movie or a slapstick thing. It's Leslie Nielsen. Is it Nielsen? It's Liam Neeson. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it's. I'm critiquing that. That that yeah. seems like sometimes it can it, get a little slapsticky. That's exactly what it felt like was slapsticky. Okay, so the doctor's a pacifist. So, but he kills people constantly. No, people die around him, and he has to get the make the dying stop. Hmm. He doesn't kill people. Sounds like he should just stop going places. <laughs> like, okay, so 
they figure out it's the nanobots by fixing her hands. They or the doctor's like, "Oh, you fixed her hands. What's the deal with these nanobots?" Mm-hmm. And then he conjures them up like Gambit and throws them at everyone, and everybody's okay. It was yeah, that was a little weird. But but is that what effectively happened? So, the nanogenes figured out that she was the mom. And so that's what a human should look like. Then they fix the kid. So now they have the correct programming for humans. Mm-hmm. And so the nanogenes can fix everyone. Okay. And they fixed everyone. Mm-hmm. And just this once rose, everyone lives. And. Okay. It's It, it was a happy ending. Uh. Okay. I get it now. Okay. I missed the nanobots part. I just feel like the the like the premise, mm-hmm. like the 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 concept with like molding to their faces and everything. Mm-hmm. I was so happy with and just to have I feel like to be told nanobots and then turns into jubilee with I like how you're making a bunch of X-Men references. I'm trying hard, man. I'm trying to like geek it up with you. <laughs> it's the best I got. Is nineteen the the cartoons from from nineteen ninety six. Yeah. Uh, I. D- you were talking more mm-hmm. about the rules for regeneration, correct? And uh, and how many there are, like the. They there mm-hmm. haven't been twelve of them. Uh, so we're on the twelfth Doctor. Jodie Whittaker will be the thirteenth. That's the woman from Attack the Block. Yes. Okay. She will be the official thirteenth. They've actually, she'll actually be the fourteenth because Christopher Eccleston didn't want to come back for the fiftieth anniversary, so they made John Hurt the Doctor between eight and nine. So he's like eight and a half. Uh, so yeah so the the 12 regeneration thing was a comment somebody made back in like this this when the show was on in the 70s and he's like well you know I have 12 regenerations and so here we are in you know like 2012 or whatever and uh, Matt Smith is like I'm gonna leave and they're like well we need a we need a, a 12th doctor there's there's already been 12 regenerations, so we're going to have to come up with a way to get out of that loophole. And so they do. So explain the Jack guy to me. Because I don't... Captain Jack Harkness? Yes. Mm-hmm. So he, you said he shows up. He's just a side character in this episode. Right. But why does he? Why is he your favorite person ever? Why do, He shows up and then he's part of... The, it's a trio now? Well, he's he's in the the next episode. Well, he finishes out the season, I think. Okay. Um, and then he dies in the finale, and then because of shenanigans, gets made immortal, and then he gets a spinoff called Torchwood, which Torchwood is Doctor Who anagrammed, like they're the same letters. Mm. Yeah. Why is it Doctor Who? I don't know. That's what the, the show was called. No, no, no. I mean, like, why? Because they call him Doctor Who or whatever. Well, he's the doctor. He's not Doctor Who. He's just the doctor. 
But he's not a medical doctor. No. Why is he a doctor? When, <laughs> uh, so, as a Time Lord, you have your Time Lord name, and then you need, once you reach a certain age, you need to look into the void of time, and if you live, you attain a certain rank, and then you get to choose your name. And so the doctor wanted always felt like he needed to heal people, so he chose the doctor. His friend chose the name the master because he wanted to control people, and then he becomes a bad guy later on in the blink season. I don't know if I followed that 100%, but basically <laughs> the, I know, the, dude, convoluted the dude gave himself a nickname. Yes. <laughs> But it's an official that every every, love, every time Lord does. Oh, I love you. Keep like having these like nanobot explanations, and then I summarize it with he gave himself a nickname or he threw magic fairy dust, and you're like, yeah, I guess that's kind of what it is. It's sci-fi, man. <laughs> um, am I missing a big chunk of this? Like, I felt like you you I, I jumped to the end, but I mean, there's all the I Captain just, Jack stuff. But, you know, that's just character stuff. Yeah. Um, so do you see him getting on with, like, a whole bunch of different species throughout the uh, the show? Sure, yeah. Is that hot? Does he bang Susan Boyle? That's not. She, she's a Scytherian? It's been a while since I've seen it. Raxacorica phallopatorius. Mm-hmm. That's the, they're her own planet. So, yes. No. Oh, okay. I tried. Uh, Blink. Blink. I think was my favorite that we watched. Okay. Spoilers uh, for the end. Uh, I mean, I don't know which one was. <laughs> so the synopsis is uh, woman goes. Why was she there? Woman goes into a random house. Uh, she explains it when she shows up the second time. She just says she likes... Uh, old things because it makes her sad and sad is happy for deep people. Okay. So she shows up at a random house that they had to justify an odd reason for later. Uh. <laughs> She's at the house because plot. Like, <laughs> you have a wall full of DVDs. That is an explanation for everything. And you're trying to shit on my thing. <laughs> You cannot understand my thing. That's totally fine. Uh, I'm but trying. don't shit on it I'm because ju- it does the exact same thing that your thing does. Just only in my eyes better. I'm just joking. Okay. God. Somebody got defensive there. Because you're a nerd. Your nerd is just a different know, brand I'm of joking. nerd than mine. I'm joking. And you're trying to nerd shame me. I'm jo- <laughs> Shut up. Uh, okay. So... Uh, they're at the house. Her friend disappears, and it turns out that she was transported back to 1920. Mm-hmm. Uh, her, the woman that disappears, grandson shows up and gives her a letter that she wrote. The woman that disappeared mm-hmm. from the past, saying, "Yo, I just disappeared. Uh, be careful, because there's freaky statues." Yeah, they find that the statues can. Only can move when someone's not looking at them because mm-hmm. they're quantum locked. Uh, because they're quantum locked, 
and they end up finding the uh, phone booth mm-hmm. uh, through a series of events and trick the statues into looking at one another so they're locked infinitely in time. Way to explain the whole episode in like four seconds. Isn't that the point of the synopsis? Yeah. Okay. Uh, is there... All right, so this one. Mm-hmm. I, I think the statues looked really good. Mm-hmm. I think that the end result was clever, and I really like that. Um, however... I didn't understand what was happening when they were like bear hugging. They were supposed to be bear hugging the phone booth. They were like rocking it back and forth trying to get them out of there, I think. Yeah. I didn't understand what was happening during that time. Like, I don't understand how they, I don't understand how the doctor tricked them into doing that. I mean, we're at the end, so we can, we can go back earlier. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, so this was a this was a David Tennant episode, a ten episode, uh, where he's not in it very much. You you follow this this random woman named Sally Sparrow. That was going to be a question. She, is she just a random person, yeah. or is this this is the only she's episode not, she's ever in? Okay. Okay. So she she gets this letter, and she ends up going to the woman's brother, mm-hmm. who has a series of DVDs with who I, we, I found out is the doctor. Correct. Uh, in them. And they and Martha up, for a few, just a few frames. Oh, Martha's his the, companion during okay, the season. Okay. Uh, and they end up finding that basically he, she's able to have conversations with him that he's recorded in the past because he knows what she's going to be asking him to have the conversation with. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I thought that was fun. I thought that was clever. Um, the conversation thing. Uh, she ends up. How does she end up at the police station? Uh, because the guy oh, yeah. in the DVD shop yeah. yells, "Why do you never? Why does nobody ever go to the police?" Yes. So she goes to the police. She hooks up with a a guy, uh, and he ends up having the uh, he's the the statues, the weeping angels show up, mm-hmm. and he gets pulled back in time again. But he gets pulled back to nineteen sixty nine, the doctor's time. Where yes, he, the doctor's stuck. Um, with Martha, and how was he stuck? How was the? How did the doctor get stuck there? Because he, he was seen he was presumably touched by a weeping angel. Yes, so they grabbed him and pulled him back. Mm-hmm. So he's away from his phone booth. Correct. So he would have to wait until he got to present time to get his phone booth. Right. Okay. Uh, then, cop contacts her. To say you need to come see me again so I can talk to you about stuff. Mm-hmm. And he tells her, what was the point of him? He says, look at the list. The list of it's, the 17 DVDs. Okay. And then... And he was the one that put the Easter egg on all the DVDs. Okay. Uh, and then we end up back at the house. Right. So we're in at the house. And this is the moment that I felt like could have been done better okay. and that there's so much, so many times that they're not looking at the statues mm-hmm. like the, the whole, the concept is super clever. I yeah. like it. I think the statues, 
but like it's literally there's one and then they're saying like there's two or three more in the house and she spends minutes running around where if they really wanted to get them they totally could get them but what the doctor said is that what they're really after is the TARDIS because there's so much time energy in there but that if they tapped that time energy it would destroy the universe okay See, I think those things go over my head because I don't know the words. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like when they're talking, na- like a, it's like I miss the explanation for everything because I don't know the words that turn into any kind of an explanation. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Wibbly wombly, timey wimey stuff. Yes. I get how those kind of words can go over your head. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, is my my favorite tenant line: "Is wibbly wobbly, timey wimey stuff." Uh, so, are are all of these? contingent on that it's all time-based is that what every episode is so what the blue box is called the tardis Mm -hmm. time and relative dimension in space so they can move through time and space unit joint operations (laughs) time and relative dimension in space it was named by the doctor's granddaughter uh which is the first doctor okay first doctor traveled with his granddaughter and her teachers uh, so they can travel in time and space. So s- very, very few of them take place in present day, but most of them take place either on another planet or in the future or past around England. So do you disagree about the whole debate with the the fact that the statues should have been able to do more or that they, they, they have more opportunity to get a hold of our heroines. I mean, yeah, they, they have opportunity. And if you, if you watch, you know, he, the statues like do get closer, but I think the point of when at the end, when they're there is that there's the one in the backyard and the other three are more, like they're they're trying to get the, the TARDIS, but they could just take out the whole world if they wanted to immediately. Right, but they're they they feed off of like a lion could take out all the wildebeest that they wanted to, but they only feed when they're hungry. So that's the point, right? Is that when they're hungry they eat people and they kill them in the nicest way possible. That's what the doctor says. They they touch you and you go back to the past and then you live out the rest of your days and they feed off all the potential time that you have lost. So they they end up in the TARDIS. Right. The total awesome retro... I got nothing. I don't remember what it was. Time and relative dimensions in space. Yes. Uh, so they end up inside that, which is huge on the inside. Yeah. And then this is a shot that I really didn't like when they're showing them rocking from the outside mm-hmm. and their statues. Yeah. Because, like, the light's flashing. It looked kind of funny. But not only that, if nobody's watching them, they can just move around. Right, and they're moving around is trying to rock the TARDIS back and forth to get them out. 
I feel like these are way more powerful creatures than they need to be rocking it. I'm. I don't know about strength. They are certain. They are certainly ancient. You know, the doctor says they're from around the beginning of the universe. Yeah. But they want the the TARDIS is full of time energy, uh, which, having watched Blink, you will have already seen because it's the end of the first season where all that time energy gets put into to Rose and and things happen. To and Rose, then, who's Rose? The blonde Billy Piper, which, by the way, she was England's Britney Spears, and then the the Union Jack T-shirt. You seem yeah. confused. Yeah, that's Rose. Uh, she was basically England's Britney Spears, and then got put on Doctor Who, and now she's like an actress. But I thought Blink Blink didn't have her. No, that's what I'm saying. You will have already seen the power, all the time, energy, and the TARDIS because oh, okay. it went into her at the end of Had season I one. Had I seen that? Okay, I followed. Yeah. Um, but okay, so. I th- I feel like this is the same kind of thing. And it might be, and this isn't a knock, but it just might be not knowing Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I like the concept so much of both of these. Yeah. But then it's like the Doctor who part is the, is the part that, that I don't want to say sours me, but I think it's probably because I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Whereas that's like the, uh, that's the moment where they throw in that Doctor Who magic to to Doctor Whoify, whatever that problem is. Because you could have totally made that a straight horror movie, which is like what I would be, ex- like that's the part that excites me about it. Yeah. Um, but that's not, I'm well aware that's not what it is. Right. So you have to have that Doctor Who aspect of it. And that's why I chose this, because it ma- it marries what you like and what I like. Yeah. Um. So that is like a standalone. That's like a monster of the week, like you said a lot of them are, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was my, spoiler, that was, I think, the one that I liked the the most yeah uh because it was very standalone and uh you know the clever end of of their looking at each other i appreciate mm-hmm. it a lot yeah uh but i didn't like the very end when it was they were talking about like they repeated like you can't don't blink because the statue and then they're just showing like every like innocuous statue yeah it's just like a ronald mcdonald like standing outside <laughs> Fuck, don't not look at ronald mcdonald I think those were famous London statues. He will get you. But do they have Ronald McDonald? I'm sure they have McDonald's. The McDonald's are everywhere. Yeah. Have you seen pictures of like the Walmarts in like China Mm-mm. and overseas? It's nuts. If you Google Walmart, it, it like a uh, what is there? So there's, you know how you have stacks of of fruit in Walmart sure. here in the U.S. They have that exact same thing, like pineapples stacked in a pyramid. They have, like, small alligators just, like, stacked in a pyramid. That's cool. And, and like, uh, we've got lobsters. They've got turtles. Mm. So you can just go pick your turtle out, which sounds crazy, but that's no different than picking a freaking lobster, man. That doesn't but, sound crazy. Um, it's just it's something yeah, it's you different. wouldn't see. Yeah, exactly. I watch a lot of cooking shows, so I know. You know what? I Eating turtle. I would eat turtle. Yeah, I want. I would try it. Yeah. There was a. Uh, my f- one of my favorite facts is that the giant tortoise 
you know, the giant tortoise. Mm-hmm. It was not named for, I think, like something like 90 years after it was first discovered because they they kept trying to bring it back to England to be uh, examined and put on like like taxonomy and everything. But it didn't die? No. They kept fucking eating them. <laughs> like, even Darwin took back giant tortoises and ate them before they got back to England because apparently they are so fucking delicious. That's kind of sad, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, and they lived to be like 300 years old or yeah. something crazy. Not, not if you're going to England. <laughs> They're just like looking at them, licking their chops. <laughs> it's like... Almost, do you ever see Almost Famous, the Chris Farley movie? Mm-hmm. This you mean Almost one. Heroes? Yeah, Almost Heroes. Almost Famous is a different movie. Like he, ha- his whole job, like he has to like get this like uh, bald eagle egg or something, mm-hmm. and he's like carrying it home to save somebody, and then he just like fries it up and eats it. It's the exact same thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, I love that movie. It's not a good movie, but it, I love it. Yeah, uh, Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Then we have Night Terrors. Right, which is, this is the Matt Smith era, 11th Doctor. Um, who looks like Lyle Lovett's son. <laughs> like, Okay. A weird looking dude. Um, so we get a little boy scared of the closet, right? He's scared of everything. He's scared of everything. Particularly and he's supposed to put all of the things he's scared of and put it in the cupboard. Yes. Uh, and his parents are freaking out about that. They're, yeah, there's just it's getting overwhelming. He's scared of everything. And the doctor gets a magic telegram saying that there's a little boy that's scared of something. He gets it on a psychic paper. Does that make sense? Well, remember that that the psychic happen? paper from the Doctor Dances Night Child. I do, but that I thought that was you're supposed to only see what somebody wants you to see or what you want to see on it. Right, but that child that was so that call for help was put out in such a way that it hit the psychic paper and reacted to it. Shouldn't he be being inundated by people that are drowning or that are being murdered or that are about to be in a car accident or that have been kidnapped or I could go on forever. But that's the thing. They aren't powerful beings like this child. Okay. Jumping to the end, I didn't understand that. Why is he not human? They said he's not human? Yeah, he's an alien. Why? How? Why? <laughs> why does he need to be an alien? Or why is he an alien? Uh, he Literally, you've had to explain everything to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> So, do you know what a, a cuckoo is? A cuckoo bird? Yeah. How it like lays its eggs in another nest, mm-hmm. and then that bird like knocks them all out and everything. So, this is uh, a child of another species who is being raised by these these two adults. Unbeknownst to them. Unbeknownst to them, because the child puts out a, a, a field that makes them forget that she can't have kids and everything, and think that it is their kid. So, why is he scared? I don't know, because he is, because he's the little baby thing. Okay. 
Well, it was a. It, in the end, it was mostly abandonment issues. At the end of the episode. Okay, so uh, let's start at the beginning. Synopsis. <laughs> Synopsis. Uh, kid gets scared, sends magical telegram to the doctor. The doctor shows up, gets pulled into a dollhouse. Creepy China doll heads get turned into other people. Kid's not human. Magic fairy dust. Good. Good job. <laughs> I think that's about 80% accurate. I like how your synopsis is you just tell the whole story. <laughs> that's what a synopsis is. No, it's not supposed to tell the whole story. It's supposed to like it's supposed to be the log line. That's not a synopsis, that's a log line. Okay. Anyway. So Okay. So we 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 discussed how he he gets the the magic telegraph. Yeah. They show up and they're going door to door of this futuristic apartment complex. It's not futuristic, that's what exists in in england in this english apartment complex yeah so this is one of the few ones that take place in present day okay so So i guess blink did too they end up finding the little boy Mm -hmm. george talking to him and his dad because he holds up his magic paper to the dad and he thinks he's somebody from child services to help something not child services social services Okay, and then the doctor's two helpers get sucked into a dollhouse immediately, pretty much? Yeah, they get in the lift, and it takes them down to the dollhouse. So basically, they just spend the time wandering, ended up meeting up with the doll face things. While the doctor debates and talks to the kid about not wanting to open the cupboard where he puts all of the things that scare him. Mm -hmm. Am I right? Yeah. He ends up opening it and gets sucked into the dollhouse with the dad as well. Mm-hmm. People get turned into these dolls. Correct. And th- then that's where I get confused about them deciding that he's not human, that he's an alien. I don't understand from here forward, basically. Well, they decided he was an alien before uh, Before they got sucked in the cupboard. Okay. Because he was looking through his album and saw that she wasn't pregnant, and then a month later she has a baby. And so he realizes that he kind of puts everything together at that point. The doctor does? Yes. Okay. And then that's when he starts having real bad... uh, Because the dad is like, well, what am I supposed to do? This kid isn't my kid. And before he can kind of say anything else, he gets sucked into the cupboard. Okay. It, so they're sucked in. Mm-hmm. But but why are they? Why does this cupboard exist? Is this in the? Is this this the kids doing? Or no, is there the, actual the parent? The parent said, "Take everything you're scared of and put it in the cabinet." Yes, in the cabinet uh-huh. cupboard. So. They thought that that was just a little exercise that would help him get through his fears. Turns out he's like a magical being, so he can magically put things in there. That, that's what I was getting at. This is created by the kid. Yeah. Okay. So it's a real dollhouse, but he's sending his fears into there. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And they're the ones that are creating the other dolls. Right. Okay. If the dolls get you, they turn you into a doll. So how does this involve the doctor? Just because he got asked for help? Yeah. 
Basically. The, doc- the doctor just shows up. There's trouble going on. And so, see, the normally the TARDIS, he'll just kind of go somewhere. And the TARDIS kind of seeks out trouble. What is the doctor's goal? Is he... Because He's a nomad. But he's a nomad through space and time? Mm-hmm. So his job will never be done. Correct. There's no retirement for him. Nope. That sounds terrible. Yeah. He enjoys it. Uh, Sometimes. uh, And this was all resolved by just making the kid feel comfortable, basically, is what happened? No, it really started happening when they were discussing uh, putting him in, like, a home or something. Well, that's when it got bad. That's when it got really bad. That's, that's not when it got better. That's when shit started going down. Yeah, that's when it got bad. And so he just needed to know that he wasn't going to go anywhere. And so he has the dad go hug the kid and tell him, we're, we're not going to leave you ever. And then everything's okay. By the way, please don't kill me, alien baby George. Yeah. Like... <laughs> I would constantly be like, we're going to have Hamburger Helper tonight. Is that okay, alien boy? Because <laughs> I don't want you to turn me into a doll again. Um, yeah, so overall with these, mm-hmm. uh, I I feel like this is an example of something like you almost have to get 100% into in order to really, to really follow what's happening. Mm-hmm. But I think the concepts were super cool on all, on all of them for sure. I mean, that's usually what you get with Stephen Moffat and Mark Gaddis. They came together and created Sherlock. So I feel like Stephen Moffat likes to show you how clever he is. He's like, hey, look how smart I am. Um, And Mark Gaddis is kind of the same way. Uh, And then so then they get together and they create Sherlock, which that whole series is about. Look how clever I am. So it really works out for him. So yeah, I took a drink of a thing of water right there, and you were wanting me to talk. I waited until you had put the lid back on the water. I didn't realize it was going to take you seven seconds to swallow. Well, I panicked, and then like my throat <laughs> refused to let me. <laughs> Hate when that happens. It's true. Uh, yeah. So if I were, is there more that are going to be monster of the weekies like that? If I were to try to do more, sure. If we want to do more, I we totally could. Or is it? Uh, I don't know. Do you have any more Doctor Who's that's less Doctor Who-y? Because I think... Do you have any Doctor Who's that are more X-Files-y? Because mm. if you do... <laughs> that might I be the ticket. I think in the end, they're all kind of Doctor Who-y. Yeah. But there are definitely some, some scary ones. That probably works out for Doctor Who fans, and, I would imagine. Yeah, and there's at least one Peter Capaldi one that I can think of. He's the 12th Doctor. Um, And then some more Tenet ones definitely yeah i like the con- i feel like they're ripe to steal from yeah yeah um so next week so tell me i, I just want to know sorry. i'm sorry like what did you what did you think of the day and and go ahead and reiterate that blink is your favorite uh blink is my favorite i think that the i think that the past couple weeks when you've showed up with stuff it's been really cool because it's been you infusing your thing mm-hmm. uh with mine and uh, at least I have some point of reference for what you're, 
what what you're talking about now. Yeah. Uh, I I feel overwhelmed by it. Yeah, a I'm little sure. bit, uh, especially since I, th- I think you did it on purpose with combining all exactly. three of them. Like, I'm I'm jumping into the middle of a of a of a run of each of them mm-hmm. without much context. Um, but you, whether or not it's my thing, I can, t- you can see how somebody can get into it being deep and seeing levels, just hearing like, when you say, well, sort of not really like you, you realize how deep it gets and how many twists and turns and plots and ways mm-hmm. you can debate it. Like I'm not a star Wars or a star Trek guy, but I've always kind of seen that. And right. I kind of get th- the appeal of this now, uh, which I hadn't before. Um, but ultimately, I think it comes down to I'm more of a horror guy. So the one that's m- the most like obvious, like, uh, you know, just thing. tell a little horror story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, and the one that's mo- got the most obvious little hook, mm-hmm. I think, is the one that ultimately I enjoyed the most, which yeah. is Blink. Yeah. Cool. Um, but yeah, it was fun. I like I like the idea of flipping it and letting you be on top. Good. Maybe maybe we'll do another one of these. Yeah, we should. Um. So, next week, mm-hmm. uh, I've got two envelopes here. Mm-hmm. Do you get the happy envelope, uh, or do you get the sad envelope? I think I, I think I get the sad envelope. Oh, I'm trying here. I, gotta I get figure it. Out a way to motivate. But I, new house. I gotta. I I just like I'm not at normalcy yet, mm-hmm. and I need to get at normalcy. I need to get all the shit out of totes. And figure out where shit goes in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. That's okay. That's okay. Now that I own a house, like I don't get weekends anymore. I used to have weekends. Mm-hmm. Now my weekends are like, I gotta go buy stuff for the house and do stuff to the house. You're blaming the house, but I feel like I should have done the math for how long this has been your thing. So I shouldn't feel bad about this. It's just but my latest excuse. Remember, I'm I'm punishing myself too because I got to do this with you. Okay. Do you do you have any idea what are you expecting here? Uh, if it's hostile, then this podcast is over. Oh, he's laying it down. It's the one thing Excuse I've me. said from the beginning I would never watch. All right. So other than hostile, what do you think I've got in here? Uh, I hope that your punishment is like, these are some bad movies. And then I'd be like, oh, no. And then I really like bad movies. Okay. But you'll somehow forget that. Okay. All right. You ready? Yeah. First movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, you're punishing the audience. <laughs> I'm punishing you because I can keep punishing you. So I got to make sure you know that I can cause pain if necessary. It's the unrated version. (laughs) Cabin fever two, spring fever. There's a school bus. This time it's spreading. Man. That's uh, their punishments. And then there's cruel and unusual punishments. (laughs) I literally said on that episode that I hope we never watch Cabin Fever 2. Yeah, that's what makes a great punishment. (laughs) (laughs) What are we going to see in Cabin Fever 2? Well, there's a school bus, so I'm going to assume it it gets spread into a school. So Cabin Fever, but with four years younger people. Okay, good. All right, number two. What are you going to see here? I don't know. You haven't handed it to me yet. All right, you ready? Yeah. Uh, you're doing the right hand one. (laughs) (laughs) I just handed something to Justin. I don't think he even knew it existed. 
because it defies all logic the fact that it exists ah wow this was this is probably our first real bad bad no well Eli Roth was episode two so never mind return to Frogtown. (laughs) it's the sequel to how comes to Frogtown. okay so there are frog i think those are frogs i can't really tell those might be walruses on jetpacks uh there is a bunch of lizard people these aren't even like frog people these are lizard people (laughs) and then that guy looks like a monkey kind of and then there's one really high frog with a uh, a smiley face button. Oh, and there's a lizard with a monocle. Nice. A flying Texas rocket ranger's adventure. <laughs> I've never seen this. <laughs> a flying Texas rocket ranger's adventure. That's what it says. Um, Some guy in the back looks like if Nick Cage were playing Weird Al Yankovic. This is, looks... <laughs> All right. So what are you going to see in Return to Frogtown? I'm going to see something so much better than Cabin Fever 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully this will be better than How Comes to Frogtown, so, which had its moments, but ultimately was just bad. I haven't seen Return to Frogtown. I know a little bit about it. Mm-hmm. I know that it's from the same director okay. as How Comes to Frogtown. Um, however, his filmmaking philosophy had changed by this point he was the he's the founder and i think he still subscribes to this to the art of zen filmmaking okay Okay. he coined the terms i think he might have trademarked it and in zen filmmaking you don't work with a script and you don't have a plan in mind when you go in each day to make a film you just let it happen this is this is the second episode in a row where I feel like you're you're just fucking with me <laughs> I'm not, about a movie I, and its existence. <laughs> you you have that movie in front of you. Yeah, but and there's no way that that's how it was made, right? Zen filmmaking. Please uh, feel free to Google it. How can you Zen this? There's like costumes and presumably special effects. I'm assuming that they knew that they were going to be doing that, but I think that the the, the action was ad-libbed and the it's all it's packed full of lizard people and monkey people and mm-hmm. frog people on the front the three little pictures in the back are all of humans so i'm guessing there's very little of the frog people <laughs> in it there's a possibility that that's the truth I've, there may be no frog people in it i have not seen return to Frogtown. i feel like i might have started cabin fever two years ago uh and I know that the writer has disowned Cabin Fever 2. <laughs> so. Who was the writer? Uh, it's a guy named Ty West. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, by the way, this is double feature and there's like a weird golden fairy thing. Well, who puts together this double feature? <laughs> the uh, Return to Frogtown. And the other thing on here is something called... Jacob Tutu meets the hooded fang, but Tutu is spelled T W O T W O. I don't know. He's what that a six-year-old who says everything twice, 
since no one ever listens to him the first time. <laughs> I would. When are we going to watch that? <laughs> Maybe that'll be your reward if you come. And... <laughs> okay. You know what? I'm just going to read the back of this box for okay. <laughs> Jacob Tutu and the Hooded Fang. Jacob is a six-year-old who says everything twice since no one listens to him the first time. Hence his nickname, Jacob Tutu. Hence. <laughs> his habit of repeating questions gets him into trouble with an adult, and as a result, Jacob Tutu is sentenced by a judge, Ice-T, to Slimer's Island. Wait, wait, wait. Is the judge named Ice-T? No, or the is judge this... is Ice-T from Johnny Mnemonic, apparently, <laughs> is his credit on the back here. In the children's prison run by the dreaded and mischievous wrestler, the Hooded Fang, played by Gary Busey, <laughs> Jacob Tutu must find a way to rescue all the children to, oh my god, true to the classic children's tale, the hero uh, not only saves the day, he saves the Hooded Fang, his cohort, Miranda Richardson, and becomes a hero to his family. We need to watch that. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Iced tea and... When you bring me... When you send me something, that can be one of your rewards, if that's what you want. It's Iced tea and Gary Busey. <laughs> How could we not watch that? Uh, well, we can't watch that because you don't... Oh. You get a punishment, so you're watching Cabin Fever 2. I want to know what was in the smiley bag. And you, you, you could have found out. Uh so I feel like I accomplished something because your two least favorite movies, I just produce sequels to. That's, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, how it, could they make a sequel to Frogtown? <laughs> You're going to find out. Uh, Justin, what else you got for us? Jacob Tutu. 